Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 29 of the Drop Air Gaming Podcast. You may recognise my voice. I'm not Lucas, I'm not Matt, and I'm not Tim. So <laughs> I could only be Susie. So <laughs> Well narrowed. Yay. Um, so here I am hosting this lovely episode 29. So joining the show, we've got Lucas for once. Do you remember Lucas? <laughs> <laughs> I'm now like the long lost cousin that no one really wants to hear from anyway. No, you're the long lost cousin everybody wants to hear from. <laughs> I've got a voice that's cuddly. <laughs> Suitable for a drop bear. So, which is always good having Lucas around because it's been quite a while. Have, yes, you, have you been well? Um, yes, yeah, but very, very busy, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, I've uh, had some very, I guess, life-changing things happening in the last couple of months. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty hectic, and unfortunately, um, focuses have shifted for the now. So hopefully I can get back on focus soon, though. Cool. Well, we'll see how we go. Hopefully you'll be here for the next episode as well. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. And also an unbiased introduction to the lovely Tim. How are you, oh, my darling? Good. Thank you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I uh, thank you. Yes, it, I'm very well, thanks. That's good. So it's just the three of us tonight, uh, or today, or whenever you're listening to it. <laughs> I always forget that. <laughs> For this episode, we are focusing mainly on the recent release of the Silent Hill HD collection, which is more or less going to turn into a bit of a discussion surrounding the whole horror, survival horror genre within games so it should be an interesting uh, episode so um tim's been playing silent hill and um so why not kick off the silent hill hd review sure perfect and i'm, I'm actually pretty keen to hear some of this so um i'll be you know firing a few questions because, uh, as we mentioned before, I haven't played a lot of the more recent Silent Hill, so I want to see where the genre is going or where the title's going. Yeah, and I'm too—I'm way too scared to actually play it. So I sort of <laughs> just watched Tim playing it during the day. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Well, I'm going to ask the first question right off the bat. Pretty, uh, pretty vague, I guess. Um, for people who don't know, what is Silent Hill? The best way, I guess, to describe uh, Silent Hill... Silent Hill is a survival horror game, um, which, if you're not familiar with it, probably doesn't say a lot. Survival horror started with Resident Evil 1 on PlayStation 1. It's a fixed-camera, third-person, linear game. It's not an open world. You will move from area to area, in a sense, pass them or clear them. Um, discover things, get items, and have experiences. Have experiences. <laughs> um, and, and so that's what it is. The reason why I say fixed camera, um, there are times where the camera does move, but the game, it's very prescribed. The game is more or less in control of that almost all of the time. Uh, and I make a, an issue of that because it, it works really well in two ways. In an artistic way, all of these games, games like Eternal Darkness, which was also a fixed camera game, um, they really, if you know anything about Hitchcock and you've seen Hitchcock stuff and, and a lot of the camera angles that he inspired, tilting the camera and, and panning and overhead views, things that I guess you're not used to seeing in films or games even today, uh, it has a wonderful effect of exaggerating that agitating or worrying, anxious feeling. Um, So it it works like that, and it also, fixed camera also works well, (laughs) as I continue to discover in my gaming life. Um, it, (laughs) It just, it allows the play to happen uninterrupted by worrying about the camera by the the computations having errors and stuffing up your field of vision or stuffing up your clipping and what you're hitting and in games like survival horror it's super important for you you know to be as uninterrupted as possible by these sorts of things um 
that being said, the kind of combat for anyone who's played Resident Evil and Silent Hill is pretty unique. So in itself, that may be a bit of an interruption. But um, if you can get into the spirit of things, it, it you know, it, it doesn't get in the way. Um, uh, Susie and I have been playing a little bit of Alan Wake and there have been times where the camera's a little bit of a struggle. It's, it's not too bad, but uh, I guess I get frustrated very easily when... Um, when the camera goes nuts. So Silent Hill is a survival horror. It's almost the other big survival horror. It sort of was after Resident Evil. Um, yeah. And, and it pretty much stayed that way. Uh, I don't know when Clock Tower was out, but I don't know from what I've seen of a lot of Clock Tower, it's pretty hilarious. So it's not exactly scary. <laughs> um, and between Resident Evil and Silent Hill, they, they carried the flame until we got to Project Zero or Fatal Frame. But uh, yes, survival horror, survival horror fixed camera third person fantastic um what, what's all the uh you know the hd business about okay so the thing about hd we've had prince of persia hd apparently we've had um thing i just come out devil may cry hd or it's coming yeah. early to our region uh we have shadow of the colossus and eco hd look I would love it if all of these developers repacked the textures um, and probably spent more time than they're going to get paid for to, or, or the port team even. So it's usually not even the original team who ports it. Look, HD really, unfortunately, means that you can play it on your new console. You can play it in... They pretty much scale it to 720p. I, I don't think anyone's under the illusion that it's going to go straight up to 1080. Mm, um, true. It's just so that you can play them on a new console. Generally, you get some better frame rate and better clarity um, elements to it. Uh, but, I mean, if you've ever plugged in your old GameCube or your old PlayStation or Xbox, you know, via even component cable to your, your, your flat panel screens, they can look truly horrible. So, in the end, HD is more like we're sort of offering these popular games again for you so you don't have to bust out your PlayStation and thank Christ, you know. So, <laughs> so unfortunately, it's not going to be fully retextured and reanimated and uh, there aren't any more polygons. It's, um, it, it's the same sort of little bit of uh, Uncanny Valley and awkward early 2000s animation in the cutscenes both and, uh, and in the gameplay. Yeah, I actually first noticed, or I guess my first introduction to HD was um, the God of War series when they brought those both out on one disc. Oh, yes. Um, and, I mean, that was still a couple of years ago, but it it was a noticeable difference, but all it really does, like you said, is just allow you to play those old games on new hardware. Yeah, look, it won't look like much until you actually do bust, bust out your old PS2. Like, yeah. if you do that, um, look, it may not be as bad as what I remember, but, for example, um, Shadow of the Colossus is actually a, a big deal because the frame rate is a lot better in the HD version. So, okay, they didn't repack the textures, but at least it, it's very smooth and it's quite gorgeous. So, yeah. So worth it? Look, yes, definitely. Um, it, it'll keep you from, um, you know, buying... Oh, sorry, it'll keep you from having to track it down and, um, you know, on eBay and secondhand and a munched-up disc or something, you know. So definitely, if you're a fan of the games, you've you got to get it. Sounds good. Um, I guess, you know, straight away, the other things about the game that I'd like to know about are... Um, you know, voice-wise, you know, sound-wise, have they been upgraded? They uh, have. Re they offer a re-recording of voices in Silent Hill 2 only. Silent Hill 3 uh, retains its original voice track. So mm -hmm. Silent Hill 2 includes the original voice track and adds another voice track. Uh, apparently, this originated from some rights issues. I'm sure people can Google it. Um, uh, I apologise for not being too familiar with it, but uh, they may not have been able to get the rights to the original voices, so they began recording um, another track, and then it was resolved, so since they did the work, they offered them both. Originally at the time, um, and up until recently, a lot of people were upset about a new voice track. Mm. I, it got to the point where I didn't really remember the old one, so I, <laughs> I sort of, at first, my instinctive gamer reaction was, oh, bugger that, they can't do that, it's terrible, they should include the original voices. I'm playing them in parallel um, 
when Susie can bear to watch it. <laughs> I, I, play the, <laughs> I play the new voices on her console and I'm playing the old ones on mine. I've got to say, the new ones are actually fairly decent. Um, wow. The old ones, you know, at the time we were probably really enamoured with this beautiful game and all the crazy things it was doing. But a lot of the voicing is quite overemphasised. Um, it's sort of typical of, of all voice acting of the time. You know, there, there aren't that many subtleties. There's a lot of, but wait, don't run away. You know, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's sort of bordering on ridiculous. And I guess I'll put on my nostalgia hat when I'm playing with the old voices. Um, the good thing is, is that every time you, you, when you start the game and you select Silent Hill 2, before you even get to load, you know, choose your to load your save. You can actually choose the new voices. So if you've started in old, you can continue with the new, and vice versa. So that that's handy. That that means you can actually change wow. between the two. Um, yeah. So if you want to, because you get a fair few save slots, if you want to drop a few saves, back out, reload the game again, and choose the other voice track, and you can compare them fairly quickly. That's a good idea. Other, mm. other than that. Um, the audio is uh, pretty amazing. I think there, you know, people around the internet have mentioned there may be some glitches and, and stuff around and audio that cuts off. Um, to be fair, it was probably in the original code and it's not, you know, we're talking about a platform that was nowhere near as sophisticated as, uh, as, as the, the new generation that we're playing on. So, okay, it would have been nice to have people tear apart the code and fix it. But it, look, I haven't encountered anything that I thought was jarring or horrible. Um, and in the end, when you're in a Silent Hill game, you've got Akira Yamaoka's beautiful music and the sound design is just out of this world. Um, and all of that stuff sounds pretty good. Um, I haven't had a close listen with headphones yet, so I don't know whether they may have recompressed some of the files because the only reason why I say that is that's a lot easier than, than repacking textures. Um, but it, it, it sounds pretty good. Um, as for the graphics and how they date, yeah, look, it, it, it's an old game. Um, Silent Hill 2 was originally released in 2001, so we're talking about a game... Well, pushing, 11 years. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking a game pushing over 10 years. Um, look, the animations are a little bit awkward. The cutscenes are, are very early 2000 CGI of the time. <laughs> um, we, look, we're so spoilt. I think sometimes we, we see a lot of the modern animations and even I've nitpicked them a little bit. But going back, it's like, wow, we've come a long way with just how, just how our characters move and navigate. Um, Silent Hill comes from the, I guess, colloquially known as tank controls um, era of gaming where in Resident Evil when you push forward on the stick it's the character's perspective so if the character is facing the screen and you push forward or up the character yeah. will walk towards the screen and left and right is always from the character's perspective that can be really difficult especially for newcomers to, to grasp because I guess a lot of well, most modern games are eight way directional games where it's always from the perspective of, of the camera um, so you, you you know left and right is your left and right as you see it but with fixed camera and particular survival horror games it makes a lot of sense I, I tried to try the eight way running or they call it 2D 2D controls but I actually went back to the old Resident Evil um, they call it 3D controls so from the perspective of yeah. the character oh, I'm actually finding it very easy to, to play Nice. I, I guess one thing with it that I was sort of looking at because um, uh, what year did, did it come out uh, Silent Hill 2 what, what year was that 2001 2001. Okay, so I was in grade 10. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so what I'm thinking is going back to that time, people, you know, we're looking at more than 10 years here. So I'm thinking some gamers who either may not have been into gaming then or were so young at the time of it being released, is it likely that they're going to see silent hill hd in the shops and go oh what's this all about and put it in and go wow this game sucks <laughs> it, absolutely it really without got, sort of yeah. thinking that this is actually uh, quite a very old game and was somewhat a revolutionary game of its time it really does depend anyone who's done a lot of reading and even even kids who kids <laughs> sorry <laughs> we're the kids. Well, if we're talking about younger people but if they're 15 these days you wouldn't want to call them kids even though i still do you little kids 
kids. Yeah, they'd no. stab us. We, we love you all. <laughs> <laughs> you... <laughs> <laughs> new, new gamers are awesome. I, I will keep that blind optimism. Um, no, it's not. Okay, I really need to stop ragging on young guys because <laughs> you're awesome. But look, even people who've watched Yahtzee, I know people are, are big fans of Zero Punctuation. He he has hailed Silent Hill 2 in the past. Um, I don't know to what degree he's gone into it. He's reviewed some other Silent Hill games, and I know a lot of people are over his narc, but when he makes a good point, he really does. So watch the... Oh, crap, what was it? Shattered memories, broken something to do with stuff. The one that was released uh, on <laughs> Xbox, uh, I think it was the first new generation Xbox Silent Hill. Um, yeah. Shattered it, memories? Maybe. Shattered wine glasses, memories? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but it, it had already left Konami. It had gone to um, another developer and they just made some thematic errors, I, I believe, um, that didn't suit to the game and I guess fans like myself can be a little bit precious about that sort of thing hmm. but if if young people are paying attention to Yahtzee who continually plays, praises Silent Hill 2 they may try it and like it but you know what playing it again I mean it's only because I've played it before and I come from that era of gaming that a lot of it comes back. It's second nature. The menus are weird. Like, I, I know Susie, when she first saw it, was, probably had a bit of a chuckle and just thought, <laughs> what's going on with these menus? Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it is very old school. But I think anyone who's patient enough and who really wants to get into the theme, um, Silent Hill, you know, 2 has a lot to offer. It, it really does. Well, and 3 as well, yeah. Sorry, mm. there's both in the HD collection. Do you think that they should make more of a stipulation that you know, it is an older game for those people? Like it is more of a nostalgia trip than it is probably a, a uh, you know, brand new game? Well, it's a bit odd. If you pick up the box on the back, it just says relive the original two of the most horrifying games or something. It actually doesn't tell you mm-hmm. it was 2001. It doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't even say, you know, exciting immersive atmosphere and combat. Yeah. So there's no mm-hmm. bullet points or anything, which I'm sorry, as a fan, I really like because I hate box art that's covered in shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's... Um, I have no idea how someone who, who doesn't know anything about Silent Hill would receive it. Yeah. Um, Silent Hill 2 is definitely a standalone. You, you don't really have, need to know anything about one or its story or, uh, you know, even the dynamics of what Silent Hill is and how it works with a, a sort of a fog world and a hell world, um, you know, is introduced to you in, in, a, in a good enough way in Silent Hill 2. Um, there just may be some things uh, that people may not quite understand i think at the time we were probably a little bit more receptive to that sort of thing but for example there's a moment where you're in a stairwell and you actually can't hurt spoiler stop (laughs) there's stairwells sorry oh there's stairwells (laughs) a lot of it happens in the dark and you get a wee little torch to uh to shine your way around um and every time something jumps out a little bit of pee comes out and you're just so scared (laughs) well it's a funny thing thematically and this is a nice way to sideline us away from that spoiler there um (laughs) silent hill doesn't really have monster closets it's not a game about things that go boo at you it's not a game about things crashing through the windows like resident evil was a lot of silent hill lives in a psychological space and again twofold in the psychological psychological space of the character and your psychological space as the player as the person who is seeing these things and you i guess if you're given to giving it a bit of thought the more you immerse yourself in in what's happening to this character so um silent hill is a game that doesn't make me jump in my seat as I play it, but when I go away, I think about it. So that's probably a good fair warning for folks who who haven't (laughs) played Silent Hill. You may not be that frightened. It's not really about scaring you, but it really is about introspection and reflection. So... Oh, dead air. Pregnant pause. (laughs) (laughs) We're all considering that. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Someone can just ask for a wrap up and I'll sort of, you know. Sorry, I was I was caught up reading the Silent Hill wikia. 
then just about, <laughs> no, it was about a couple of things for the discussion later. I did. So, you know, I've, I've got a perfect point I think I'd like to move on to about the horror genre, but oh, oh, yeah, I'd kind of like Tim to wrap it up and uh, give us a score and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sorry. No, that's all right. <laughs> Final so, thought. Sorry. Okay, no, no, someone needs to ask it. No, I was about to do that. Okay. So, overall, what what are your impressions uh, of the Silent Hill HD collection? And just just in case we missed it before, the collection does not include Silent Hill 1. It is Silent Hill 2 and 3. That's right. Silent Hill 1, I think, has been released on PSN exclusively. Um yeah, so probably because it was it was a P, uh, PlayStation exclusive at the time, where Silent Hill Two was eventually released on Xbox. So two and four, for some reason, they skipped three. Maybe because three is linked to the story of one. So anyway, <laughs> um, look, anyone who loves games, um, uh, you know, and and has been gaming for a long time and hasn't had a chance to try Silent Hill, I really think you should um, be patient with the controls. Um, I don't think anyone would be angry at you if you had to look up one or two things. Um, but, you know, give it a go. Thematically, Silent Hill 2 is one of those pinnacles that even to this day I don't know whether another game has has reached mildly close. Um, Susie and I being Lynch fans, I mean, Silent Hill 2 has moments that almost feel like those Lynchian non-secateurs, which actually aren't non-secateurs. They are all linked. They are all part of the theme. But, you know, these are not games where you're going to, you know, find out who a murderer is or you're going to save the planet or you're going to save your country or you're going to defeat evil. These are games that, that focus on themes like guilt and paranoia and fear um, and eroticism and... You know, everything in a Silent Hill game, the enemies, etc., all spring from a central theme. Um, so if you're into that headspace of gaming and and you want to reflect and meditate on a game, Silent Hill 2 is the one that you need to play if you haven't already. Um, overall, look, Silent Hill, I, I just noticed because uh, Susie and I had a bit of a look at Silent Hill 3 Um just before we started recording and there's definitely a look particularly about the first four games anyway um, and, and that's just a, a wonderful thing it's just one of those design cues the same as Mario has an aesthetic Sonic has an aesthetic um, Little Big Planet has an aesthetic Silent Hill has a very definite aesthetic and just even in the way that the chairs of a diner are formed and how the, you know whether you're in a hospital whether you're in a shopping mall it feels like Silent Hill. So all these sorts of things are very rich for, for immersion and study and enjoyment um, if you're given to it and you want to creep yourself out just a bit. Nice. <laughs> I'm not fond of scores. Um, it's, it's hard to say, you know, Silent Hill's 2 is a 10 because I love it so much. Um, saying it's 10 is tempting to say it's perfect and it's not. There are things that, you know, are, are a little bit odd and stick out. So I'm not really one to score, but it, it is a, a very high-rating game. Three... I don't know. If you played one and liked it, play three. I, I never actually finished three, so back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's very aggressive. Uh, I think at the time, people um, found Silent Hill 2 very abstract, uh, and so the developers sort of, not lashed out a bit, but they sort of, you know, addressed some of that. In Silent Hill 3 starts very aggressively and more or less maintains it the whole time. Um, there's a lot of monsters around. There's, there's a lot of surviving uh, and lots of horroring. Um, <laughs> whereas Silent Hill 2 really, geez, it, it, um, it almost pushes at the boundary. Uh, I guess if you play it on really hard, you're going to have to conserve ammunition and that sort of thing. Um, but, Jesus, you know, it, it's, it's not... There's just not really anything like it, other than maybe Fatal Frame but, um, or Project Zero. Sorry, on a pragmatic uh, note, I should mention that uh, there are difficulty levels that you can choose in both games for the combat and the puzzles. So the harder you choose the combat, the more hits things will take, the less 
health packs and sort of things there will be around. Um, the harder you choose the puzzles, the more abstract the clues will be um, because there are a lot of sort of riddles or poems or things where you have to sort of make out some writing um, I, that may be more obscured. I've never actually played it on hard. Um, back in the day I played it on normal and now I'm just playing it on easy to relive it. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. Excellent. I reckon that was a pretty good wrap-up. Thank you. There you so, go. So that basically leaves us to the next part of the episode where we will have uh, a bit of a chat about other scary-ish huh, games <laughs> um, that have come around in the last few years, particularly um, uh, seeing as Silent Hill, given its age, has probably brought uh, a lot of inspiration to other games of the genre. Um, and so... We will have a bit of a chat there. Um, one thing I probably found uh, in regards to the atmosphere of Silent Hill uh, would be the fog. <laughs> and I'm probably never going to look at fog the same ever again. Oh, you've been Silent Hilled. <laughs> That's right. But uh, one thing it, it really, uh, from seeing Tim play it, was... Um, I guess how important the atmosphere in a game really is and just that level of tension that really exists in games and going from looking at how Silent Hill 2 was playing where it was mainly just foggy you got the sense that there's stuff around but it's not actually coming right out at you but Silent Hill 3 definitely had uh, everything was more out in the open and there was a lot more combat um, I think from playing a lot of Fallout 3 and New Vegas, particularly in those more sinister-style areas, very similar uh, feeling that I got. Mm. So I'm not sure if that is a direct inspiration of it, but um, oh, that's just the feeling that I, I got from it. I, I, watching you play a bit of Fallout... Um there are moments, particularly in the DLC for New Vegas, there, there are some things that maybe aren't directly from Silent Hill, but uh, but certainly are things that are used where the atmosphere is really brooding and you think that there's going to be a threat. Your, your anticipation of threat keeps increasing. What ends up happening is you have very little or no combat, but you make a discovery that's sometimes really sorrowful, sometimes really horrible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Fallout gives me the sense of, and I think you, you've talked to me a little bit before, um, recently about things that you discover in basements, you know, and... <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Things in basements. Uh, all I will say is Fallout 3, go to Andale, go to the basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Fallout does have a lot of really moody areas and uh, it... it it was part of a, another discussion we had where it really helps give you that sense of place that that something has happened here that this is it becomes more real i guess i don't, I don't want to toy around too much with immersion but um but one thing i've noticed about fallout is that it really does have a great sense of place and some of those places are areas where horrific things have happened or where really tragic things have happened mm. and I think when you look at one aspect of looking at Fallout is the the storyline with it there is a bit of tragedy with it um, when you look back to the roots of, of the game and why the game exists um, I suppose if we're going to look at scary games or horror games as such there are games that are scary that aren't horror but there are games that are horror which are and aren't scary, depending on who you are. Like, Yeah, very you know, true. You wouldn't say, oh, Fallout is a horror game. No, it's not. It's, it's no. not to do with it. But there will be moments in the game that are actually quite disturbing and um, uh, very rarely do they use the monster closets, but when they do, <laughs> they do yeah. a fairly good job with it. But say, I'm there's no way you will find me playing Silent Hill. Uh, I've hmm. no way. And it's not because it, there are things there jumping out and saying boo, but because it's, as you said, it's a very introspective... Well, Silent Hill 2 is an introspective story. So all of that stuff is is really psychological. There's not too many psychological horror games, I think, you know, when you look at mm-hmm. all the other games that are out, so to speak. We, we can't 
give too many spoilers about Alan Wake, but um, Susie, as you play through that, you'll you probably discover uh, uh, some interesting things about that. It, it, it's yeah, it, it's pretty cool. But before we um, we, we sort of go into Alan Wake, um, Lucas, did you say that you'd played Silent Hill one back in the day? Yeah, yeah, and I. I mentioned this before because I actually feel kind of bad about it, but I do this with a few things like entertainment, movies and and games, I suppose, are the same with this. But with Silent Hill, I enjoyed the first one so much. Uh, and I know it was you know, had faults, and I know that there was issues with it, but I enjoyed the concept. It was it was new, um, and I loved that about it. You know, at the time we'd been playing Resident Evil and all those types of things, and as you mentioned, there's that difference between the two of them where Resident Evil things break through the windows and try and you know, eat your head off, but in this it's a little bit different, and you don't get that jump out of your skin kind of reaction. Um, but I loved it so much. I enjoyed it so much, and it scared the absolute bejesus out of me just because it was so different. You know, it was all in your head, and there was, you know, you, you don't walk away from it being scared to turn the light off sometimes and things like that, like mm. you do with some other games. But then you go and lie in bed, and you just think, you know, your head just starts twirling and you freak yourself out. Um, and I enjoyed that with this, and I, I guess what I tried to, to do from that point was I expected them to screw it up. Yeah, they brought out another one and then another one and then they've brought out like, I don't know, 12 or whatever there is. <laughs> they just to, seem to be a new one all the time. To be um, honest with you, um, they sort of did. At the time, there were a lot of people who didn't like Silent Hill 2 because it wasn't story-based like Silent Hill 1. It was so yeah. abstract. Uh, there was the burning staircase, which I keep... Uh, promising with Susie I'll, I'll show her when I get there no uh, I can't wait and anyone who, who's played Silent Hill 2 goes ah yes the burning staircase um, <laughs> but I, I still get the feeling that at the time the people who, who loved Silent Hill 2 were people getting into Lynch and Twin Peaks and, and stuff that was very abstract and stuff that didn't explain things away but um, you can be forgiven for, for thinking that Silent Hill 2 it was definitely not the same thing. What it wasn't, though, was what some of the newer Silent Hills may be a little bit, where it's like, well, we're trying to recapture the atmosphere, uh, you know, of the older games, but, you know, I don't know, more action-packed, and you, you can't yeah, say exactly. that. As soon as you do that, you've stuffed yeah. it. Um, that's right. And so, that's what I expected. I mean, you know, you've got your action games, which you can bring out once a year because it's just action, mm-hmm. as long as there's a mediocre storyline. But when... You need to, you know, have a very good amount of this kind of genre of writers sitting in a room working very well together to be able to create something that can work, mm. uh, and then base all the other stuff around that. It, I just expected them to go, "Oh shit, this was so good. Let's do it again." Yeah. Um, well, it's a bit of a thing because Silent Hill, the ostensible Silent Hill, capital S Silent Hill. Well, I guess it's always capitals because it's a place. But in, <laughs> in the first game, it is very much a real place mm. where things happened and where you go and and do you know what I mean it sort of is in the second game uh, in the beginning you receive a, a letter and it says come to Silent Hill so it is a real place but for those who have played it before you'll you'll understand that by the conclusion of Silent Hill 2 Silent Hill is very much more about a psychological place rather than a physical one and it it doesn't exist for any other reason and it's very abstract it may not necessarily be ground beneath your feet it it is a space that you may pursue in your mind now three returns to the story of one four was never meant to be silent hill um and Konami, we're, we're originally going to start a new a new line, but um, decided to... Yeah, it sort of still fits. There's a lot of Silent Hill aspects, or there ended up being a lot of Silent Hill aspects in, in the fourth one. Um, and it certainly has the fog world, essentially, and, and the hell world. Um, and actually did some pretty awesome things in Silent Hill 4. But, yeah, 2 does stand out as probably the most abstract. There's weird shit in all of them I mean, yeah. in Silent Hill. Come on. But... Um, <laughs> Exactly. But, but two probably makes the most moves with the least explanation, you know? Yeah. Um, so it can be a tricky one. Not, not, I'm not saying it's, it's difficult to understand. It's just different. It's very different to telling a linear story where this happens, this person did this, and as a result, that. 
Um, like a David Lynch film, all of that is there, just told to you in different ways with some details pulled out. And I guess being a Lynch fan and, and thus being predictably a, a Silent Hill and particularly Silent Hill 2 fan, I love that. I love not having all the gaps filled in. I love you having to think about it and coming to realisations, you know what I mean? I love leaving that discovery to the viewer or the player and the realisation and, and the way it feels once once you come to understand that. Um, so, yeah, it's certainly one that you won't make sense of with your brain switched off, and, and that's fine. Like, we, you know, we've been playing a lot of Borderlands and, uh, you know, <laughs> what you think about is very different to, to uh, the story and the theme so there's still some thinking to be done but uh, certainly not not in the same way now i guess my sort of favorite part of this episode is the fact that we can actually discuss uh david lynch films in yeah. games and um when i first saw alan wake uh, and that was just recently so uh i guess we're at a point in time right now where we're going back and playing a lot of old games <laughs> <laughs> um which is always good and i'm a bit late to the party for alan wake and also borderlands but nonetheless i don't think there are really many games out there at the moment that you can play and go oh gee you know that was really inspired by you know this film and this mm. this director style um you know uh, other, except for maybe james cameron's avatar because it has his name in it <laughs> sorry i'm not okay okay i won't get on that high horse but you know what I, you know what i mean it's it's not like you finish playing call of duty and go oh you know that was just like a michael mann film that i saw you know it's not it's not like that at all mm. but things like silent hill 2 uh alan wake uh and deadly premonition uh, three games that I can think of at the top of my head that are directly inspired by things that David Lynch has done. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, mostly with Twin Peaks. I'm a massive Twin Peaks fan. Uh, so, I, you know, when it came to Alan Wake, as much as it freaks me out when I do end up playing it, <laughs> um, I, I love being in that world and just the replication of what the town of Twin Peaks, even to the point of the lamp lady. Yeah. Like, that was so nice. I'm sorry. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. And, but, and, um, and she, oh, I shouldn't say, because if you're a Twin Peaks fan and you haven't played Alan Wake, you need to give it a shot. Um, but Alan Wake's also very uh, Stephen King inspired. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. True. There's a lot of Stephen King references in Alan Wake. Um uh, but I, I think the Stephen King references and the David Lynch references in Alawake are pretty much on par. I don't think you're going to get much much other references with it. But the direct link, I think, or the theme between all these games is that you don't know why and it won't be directly presented to you at the beginning, but you are someone looking for answers. Hmm. Whether you're looking for someone or something, you're there looking for answers. So it's it's confused state of mind that you probably would feel watching Lost Highway or something like that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> noobs. Look, <laughs> but I must say, the, the thing that I loved most uh, that I've seen so far from Silent Hill 2 was when you see Pyramid Head for the first time. Oh, no, not the first time, but you go into the room where he is with uh, the mannequins. Um, yeah. <laughs> and going to the David Lynch film Blue Velvet it is this it looks just like that scene where he's in the cupboard looking through the slats in the cupboard yeah. like just a direct um, homage to it right there just folks just in case you haven't you know just turned off and booted up Silent Hill it is a a pretty creepy game and uh, the, the the themes you know there are sexual themes as well so it's certainly not for the faint hearted um, it's a bit of a warning so yeah <laughs> yeah there is there is that that sexual aggression in the game as well which I think you know sometimes isn't really done at all very much it, I look, for, I for good reason it, it's a delicate subject and I will even forgive you if you play Silent Hill and say, no, that's taking it too far, and I don't understand why it's in there, um, granted. This is the kind of game that is very much like a... 
I don't want to exaggerate too much because people are, you know, especially the film buffs. I am a film buff, but <laughs> if I if I say that Clockwork Orange really offended people at the time because it contained themes and and subjects that just weren't shown and discussed and these are things we don't want to see now obviously as hopefully a a little bit more culturally advanced we can watch something like clockwork orange and go okay i understand what's actually being said it's not just for a lark it's not a joke at all even though it may be presented in a funny way silent hill is a little bit like that it's not glorifying something it it's do you know what I mean? And it's not empty. It's not just shock value. It's not just oh, some blood because isn't that horrible? You know what I mean? Mm. Actually, yeah. Susie, it reminds me of um, of when we were watching Walking Dead, and we sort of said, "You don't ever see very very small children zombies," mm. and it's good yeah. because no. there's a couple of moments where something is implied, and you don't have to. You don't need to see anymore, and you know that that it, it's horrible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So... Well, well, it was funny. I actually just recently watched the first episode of the first season on Saturday night. <gasps> oh, it's brilliant. Um, oh. It is. It, it was the thing that, you know, defined the whole show for me. It kind of lost me towards the middle and end part of season two. Um, but that first episode... I remember when it first came out, I was you know, sitting in my lounge room. We don't obviously get things as fast as Americans do. Um, but Twitter just went fucking ballistic. Mm. And you know, everybody was on there just going on about this new show. And um, you know, waited and waited and waited and finally got to see it. And it blew me away. I thought it was just absolutely amazing. Um, but I watched it again the other night. And the very first scene is him rocking up to this you know kind of petrol station there's cars everywhere yeah. and stuff and then he blows the kid's head off yeah and, you know that was the very first scene of the movie and it's like from that point you know shit's out of control yeah because you don't see that kind of stuff and you know it, it was quite graphic as well the way they did it um yeah and, but it was uh, still very tastefully done you yeah, know it wasn't some it kid was. you didn't have to see half a head blow off or anything like yeah, that exactly. you just yeah. all you basically saw was him lining up the shot and then her on the ground afterwards and that was mm-hmm. enough but i think um it, it was it was in season two at the start then because i remember saying to tim at the time you know you never see zombies grab babies or small children you never actually yeah. physically see that happen whether in a game or, or a movie that i am aware of it might happen but yeah i'm not aware of it and you don't really see it very much but then i think it was later in the episode there was like a baby car seat that had just mints all over it and i was like oh god they they, but they did it well they they gave the implication well enough to sort of you know have this image in your mind as to what on earth actually happened but um yeah yeah, it's um That's true. Yeah. Well, I was also thinking the the whole you know Silent Hill with the uh the mist and all that kind of stuff. And the the thing that grabbed me about it playing number 1 was, you know, you'd go inside and they'd done such a good job at the school, you know, you're walking around in a school and there's you know all the corners were dark and you've got this little you know, torch that's shining up little areas. Um the the thing that instantly springs to mind when I think about walking through areas with a, a small torch um, is I think it was Doom Three when they did that in that um, and it it was completely different like in in Silent Hill you weren't waiting for that thing to jump out and scare the shit out of you mm. you were just captured by the things that you were seeing and the images that were coming to you and all that kind of stuff but it was almost like a slow delivery and it comes in and the brain kind of mulls it over and then you know it it Mm. keeps it there with you but with doom you're walking through these tight corridors and things like that and you know small air vents and all that kind of shit you've got this little torch and you just know at any moment you're about to turn it on a you know crazy monster right in your face and you know you've got to have your trigger finger ready and yeah, so different. I guess, yeah, it really reminds me of the big differences between Resident Evil and, and Silent Hill, um, where in Resident Evil has this wonderful sense of, I don't want to open this door, because if I open this door, yeah. I'm going to find, like, 50 fucking zombies, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, and, that, and that's a great part of the thrill of playing Resident Evil. In Silent Hill, 
it's similar, but it's not because of the threat of a monster or the threat of violence. It's because what horrific thing thematically am I going to find, you know? Mm. And in a sense, if it's only an empty room or if it's just a room in a sense to deliver you some ammo or or a health drink, you know, it's this broken down room with rusty, decaying objects and this, this sense of of decay which is mm-hmm. word really is everywhere and it it, it permeates everything um, and then you get the hell transition so uh, I actually have to admit so far because I, I sort of don't remember a lot of the middle of Silent Hill 2 um, yeah there, there's that I've discovered so far there, there isn't a, as bloody a hell transition um, as there was in, in other games especially 4 I think really amped it up um but there's definitely, you know, all the lights go out and, yeah, it, it gets a little bit more rusty. <laughs> <laughs> it's a place you don't want to be. Yeah. No, God, no. And if you gets... find yourself in Silent Hill, just top yourself. For, uh, <laughs> get the fuck out of there. And definitely don't uh, hook up with people who look eerily similar to your partners. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. that's that. just that's just good advice in general, really. <laughs> <laughs> it could make for awkward moments when you, you know. Yeah. Oh, hi. Uh, yeah, so this is my new friend. So that's the next right. time I go and meet up with my friend Jim, <laughs> it's not a good idea, right? Because he kind of uh, looks like you. Uh. Doctor Ned and Doctor Z in Borderlands. Oh, yeah. it's all we come full circle. Ah, uh, the duality <laughs> in games. Look, well, it, I'm gonna. Sorry, you go. Oh, no, it's okay. Go for it. No, I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to change up the pace. Um, we're talking about the, the psychological side of the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to full switch it across to the pure action side of horror um, and throw out Left for Dead. Great minds, Lucas. That is exactly where I wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I still think that the Left for Dead game is still one of probably one of my top three games I reckon Um, I know there's a lot of trouble with it there's a lot of problems with it but I think one of the things that they did from a marketing point of view that I thought was fantastic was they created this mini movie like the the very first you know cut scene of the the thing to set you up with the characters and everything it's a what five minute you know, short animation, I suppose. Yeah. But it was just so well done. They brought it out a good probably three or four months before the game was was to be released, and then they just left it at that. And I thought, I watched it the, what, the day or two after it came out, I watched it, and I was just going crazy. I needed to have this game. It was just so good. And it, it kept all those elements. Yeah. And, you know, I, I still think, like I said, it's probably one of my top three games of all time. Absolutely. Left 4 Dead is a very different kind of fear um, because it's it's not fear of things going boo because they're everywhere. Mm, yeah. it's, it's more of when is it going to happen and will I survive it? Yeah. And, and it, it puts you in this heightened state pretty much from the very beginning. Okay, the first level to the first um, safe room in the hospital level is probably the most tame and probably the most scripted in respect yeah. to you. I'm fairly certain you, you will get a boomer in in one place um, mm-hmm. and unless you're on the hardest level I don't think you get a tank at all uh, no, and, there so. wa- yeah. and there won't be a witch either uh, again unless you're you're on the hardest difficulty but it's it's a different kind of fear but it's done in a totally different way and done really well Susie you, you've seen a bit of Left 4 Dead now haven't you? I have yes and <laughs> my copy is well and truly on its way <laughs> yeah. I, I class it as my next step in graduating to my zombie phobia cure because <laughs> if one thing 12 months ago I couldn't even play Call of Duty Zombies because I had that much of an aw- awkward fear of zombies it just wasn't funny um, <laughs> and I, I guess look at an embarrassing thing about me <laughs> when it came to uh, Shaun of the Dead that gave me nightmares <laughs> Aww. 
Okay, so... What about Sean the Sheep? <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's that's how much I was, uh, I guess, psychologically affected by zombies. Not because they were, you know, they are menacing in some respects, uh, where you've got the sprinters or just those that mosey about to try and get your brains. But Shambling. Shambling. But um, <laughs> I guess it's that... Fear for me, I think the fear existed in in what happened to people that was completely beyond their control. You get bitten and that's it. You've got the virus. And whenever I looked at a zombie, I always felt sorry for it, thinking, "Oh, you got bitten, you poor person, you know." And now you're going to come and eat me. Ah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I have slowly been um, desensitizing myself to to zombies, and I'm. I think I'm doing pretty well, actually, because now I can play Call of Duty Zombies and not scream. Um, I can play it at night. Um, I can watch The Walking Dead and things like that, whereas, you know, 12 months ago there was no way at all I would have been able to. So You're playing Alan Wake now, and that's a big progress. Um, Yeah. Left for Dead. Um, you're playing Borderlands Zombies, which aren't scary at all, but, you know, <laughs> they're zombies. Oh, they I, got a, I got a bit freaked out because they do appear behind you, but I suppose um, watching the bit of, like, the first uh, campaign of, of the first Left for Dead, I think two minutes into it, I was like, yeah, there is no way I would have ever played this, <laughs> particularly on my own. Yeah. But so, I, think, I think I could probably do it now after watching the pace of it, and it's just constant. It's just constant, and that's... That's the thing. So, so. Here's, so here's an interesting query then. There are certainly games, and there's nothing wrong with them, where you're very empowered or where you know you're going to be very empowered. Actually, topical, well, for us anyway. Borderlands is definitely one of them. In the early stages, it's tough, but most of the time it's about you being able and having fun with the abilities that you have. And you more or less know the degree of threat that you're going to be subject yeah. to other than when you hit those great beats where they introduce greater threat to you um, in particular Old Haven which is a lot of fun um, and in the very last level but why I, I guess in the past Susie probably would have answered there is no why I would never play these sorts of games but now that maybe you've seen a few of them and interested in a few of them why do you think we do play games where the level of threat is so high and the limitations are so great uh, I guess that's part of the, the fun and the challenge. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Absolutely. And well, and I think that thematically you can do things differently. When the point is that you're weak and you're not able, then it opens up possibilities in the story that you're telling. Um, and it brings about... Mm, I'll stop short of saying a level of reality, but you can certainly discuss very interesting topics, more interesting than being super powerful. And mm. there's nothing wrong with being super powerful and not having a go at, at those games. They're a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to run around and get good at what you're doing. Um, I've been playing Castlevania and, you know, that's... Uh, sorry, one of the 3D Castlevanias. Uh, <laughs> Lord, Lords of Shadow. Um, you know, and it's definitely... There's a lot of that about. Once you become really capable and you unlock moves, etc., then combat you know happens a lot easier and uh you know you you are quite capable um there are some other thematic things happening in in Castlevania as well but you know to different degrees and in different ways even fallout um fallout by nature is that you're scavenging and i uh, yeah. Well, what happens at the harder level, Susie? You've got to eat and drink more, or well, in hardcore mode, yeah, you need to you need to sleep. Um so you get rest, you need to drink water so you don't dehydrate. If you become crippled, you must see a doctor. You can't just sleep it off or take some stim pack. So the elements uh, are certainly... Uh, there's more emphasis on, on paying attention to those elements. And I imagine that makes you scavenge that much harder for that stim pack because... Uh, you know, <clears throat> you can't just abuse them. You can't just, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it would also make your, um, oh, I can't think of the word right now, but uh, to be able to um, uh, create things at campfires and things like that, like food and... Survival um, skills that, that help you cope. Yeah, the survivalist, I think it's the survivalist perk. 
Mm. And that allows you. Called it the MacGyver perk. Yeah, that's it. You know, here <laughs> is a match. Here is a piece of string. You've yeah. just Make made an steak. atomic bomb. <laughs> <laughs> but I, sorry, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say when it comes to uh, looking at the horror of games again, um, something like Left 4 Dead is pretty scary, but I think it's scary by nature. But um, just looking at the notes you've listed here, uh, Fatal Frame, do you, want, <laughs> do you want to talk about Fatal Frame? And this, and I must say, it is one game I will never, ever play. I won't even watch you play it. Well, <laughs> I, I have to... Well, reasons I won't play Fatal Frame. It, it's it's a bit weird. Silent Hill has this wonderful abstract um, component to it. Project Zero, uh, well, well, sorry, Fatal Frame in Japan or in the US? Anyway, Project Zero or Fatal Frame. I think in Australia it's known as Project Zero. Um, is about ghosts. So it's probably something that's easier to dismiss as, bah, it's about ghosts. Yeah, except that it's done so well that, geez, it really does live with you when you turn a TV off. Um, yeah, great. <laughs> which is an odd compulsion because it, it's almost like, no, I'd rather still play the game, which is weird, rather than leave the room and go to, say, for example, the toilet. It's like the toilet's at the other end of the house. Fuck off. <laughs> I think I'll just stay here playing this scary game. Ah, crap, my options aren't looking good. Um, look, <laughs> Fatal Frame it was probably uh, the, well, probably the best franchise to reinvigorate um, the kind of survival horror series. I know there are fans of Forbidden Siren, and I think Forbidden Siren team came from Team Silent or some of the Silent Hill team. Um, I know that's very difficult. It's a different kind of beast. I've never really spent a lot of time with it, forgive me. But Project Zero takes the limitations to the extreme. Your run speed, as in when you're in a mad panic, is slow. And, I mean, you play the first game and you think you run slow. You get to the fourth one on Wii and you just think, what on earth? That's not a run. That's a, you know, <laughs> slightly excited trot. Not even, you know. It, it's just insane. Um, yeah, and Suda51 worked on uh, on um, Fatal Frame 4. So, you know, he's a guy who <laughs> loves fucking with your brain. So there's some, some pretty amazing things that happened in that. But... It, it really takes the limitations to the extreme. When when you, I guess, enter into combat, when you're photographing these ghosts, Fatal Frame is, is thus called um, because you it's based on the whole law behind and the mythology behind the camera obscura where, you know, the old thing about taking cameras steals your soul um, or cameras that can photograph ghosts when the naked eye can't see them. There's a lot of that about especially when you're solving puzzles you'll see a weird thing so you photograph it and then you see something in a photograph that you can't see and it helps you progress um when you are in combat with ghosts your your vision narrows down to you know a quarter of the screen in the middle as if you're looking through this camera and it, it, it's just it just amps the fear tenfold you know um, and, and the threat to you is so high. Um, but, I mean, that being said, you can certainly get good at it, and there are, there are times where, you know, <laughs> unfortunately being a little bit of the unsubtle side of some of the Japanese games, there's a score of how well you, f you photograph these ghosts, so you can get into a mindset of pursuing the score a little bit. But even, even after that, uh, it, it still really creeps you out. Um, and... It has similarities to Silent Hill, and we're ultimately, I think, Fallout's doing something similar, and where all of these things are doing something different to Left 4 Dead and Doom 3 that you mentioned, Lucas. Left 4 Dead and Doom 3 are eventually about the action, which is good. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. you, you want to run around and shoot things, and you want to defeat and overcome these things, and being that capable makes you feel great. Um, Silent Hill is always telling a story of some kind and Fatal Frame does the same. So, And that's what I mean about Fallout where it really suits this post-apocalyptic world that you should scavenge, that the threat is high, that you hurt yourself, that you should try and get good at, you know, at these skills that allow you to heal yourself without going all the way back to town, etc. Um, and for folks who have not ever 
played these games, um, including Fallout, including Left 4 Dead and, and the action ones, you know, because they might be a little bit scary. Um, a bit like Susie, maybe play during the day or, or ask your mates and, and have a go because there's, there's definitely something worthwhile to see there, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think um, Silent Hill HD is fairly reasonably priced as well. It's not asking the general... Um, RRP of 110 like a lot of games are it's I think you can pretty much get it brand new for less than 50 50 dollars mm. at the moment which isn't too bad which is good for two games no matter how you look at it really mm. so that's pretty good I suppose so and uh, Alan Wake is also on the Xbox games on demand for about 50 dollars as well good yeah. looking out mm. yeah there, there is one that we haven't really touched on yet and it is really I suppose classed as the pinnacle of its genre as well um, in Dead Space and Dead Space 2 um, the, the whole futuristic um, thing doesn't really grab me too well um, I can't I, I can't get as scared as in those as I would in something like a you know modern day just you know normal dude like your Silent Hill kind of games or even your Alan Wake type games uh, where you can like the images and the things that you're actually seeing are things that you see around you on a daily basis mm. so it kind of takes you out of that and puts you into a, a totally different environment and then tries to scare you um, yeah I, I don't know the sound was amazing and that's what did it for me but yeah. yeah, look, I think because thematically your mileage may vary, but um, Dead Space 1 in particular, the sound design was phenomenal. It, it mm. The sound was oppressive. And yeah. You don't really say that about a lot of games. Um, Silent Hill has a lot of drones and creepy things happening in the background, but in Dead Space you walked into a room and it was loud and it meant you couldn't hear whether an enemy was coming for you and mm-hmm. it might not ever but it was just you didn't like being in there you know because yeah. there were these vents rushing about and yeah um, and then there was the exact opposite sometimes where it was just deadly quiet yeah and that was even more freaky because you think, why is there no sound all of a sudden? Absolutely. Look, yeah. a, a bit. Some of that comes a little bit from Silent Hill and, and Resident Evil, where you've sort of had the pace up and you've you've been hearing things, and then you walk into, especially a new area, and there's nothing, and you yeah. just think, nah, bullshit. What, what, yeah, what, right. what are you What are you going to spring on me in here? <laughs> um, yeah. And and you're right. I mean, Dead Space really carried that to the next level. And yeah, I remember when I first played the game. A lot of Matt had actually finished it a long time before I even picked it up, but um, him and a lot of other people said to me, if you ever play Dead Space, get yourself in a dark room, put some headphones on, turn it up, yeah. because otherwise you're not going to enjoy it like you should. Absolutely. And it, yeah, it, it was a completely different experience to just playing it. You know, just playing it with noise out of the TV, you know, on a normal day or whatever, when you get 20 minutes to sit down and play a game. It, yeah, that was just incredible. I have to admit, again, like that and Doom, you know, the the whole futuristic thing just didn't really scare me in that regard. Yeah, I was going to agree that that's pretty much how I feel about it. But for certainly, certainly for people who who really get into that aesthetic, they can be just as as creepy. I think. I think there are folks who really loved Dead Space and probably didn't get into some of these other ones. So. Um, Mm, So that's cool. Like that's pretty good. But yeah, I'm I'm the same as you. I never really, you know. Um, gotten into the the futuristic side of things. I think, you know, one thing is for certain when it comes to how we as gamers approach uh, the horror games, (laughs) and that's everyone is very different in their tastes and what will scare them, what scares others, uh, and how they enjoy it. So um, I I think it's been a great discussion. Um, mm, not sure if there definitely. was much else really to touch on at this point. No, I think we covered most of the most of the big games. There is one one other sorry that that does spring to mind, and I'd more so much like to correlate it back to its um it, its original movie, um, the uh, Dead Rising games. Uh, is it Dead Rising the ones where you're in the shopping center? Yes, there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't, whole, I haven't played it. Zombie Playground. Yeah. 
yeah yeah that's um <laughs> i don't know it, it was fun for for what it did but it had to take i guess one element which was the zombies and the you know the sheer numbers of them um and take it to a different angle where it just became a, an excitement hack and slash um you know you could make up your your crazy different types of weaponry and go and scavenge for those and put them together and there's damage you could do um i thought you know and obviously i i didn't think it would, they i think i went into them hoping that they were but then realized that they were more just a fun kind of um yeah. you know, side genre yeah and there are a few of those games coming out now. Um, you know, like I think, you know, Susie said she didn't want to play the um, the zombie mode in in Black Ops, uh, but it just becomes fun hmm. because it is just you know a different play on that kind of. It's a zombie, so you know, you're supposed to kill it. Um, and yeah, I, I thought that that as a, a, a side kind of genre to the whole horror thing um, can ease people into if they do want to end up going and playing those games, you know, get a feel for killing zombies or you know, getting that little instant rush and then going to something that's going to be a little bit more psychological. Yeah, it probably benefits us too to just quickly mention that um, Demon Souls and Dark Souls um, brings about a different kind of fear, mostly by how quickly you can be defeated and you know losing your health and items and stuff. So it's very, very the nature of fear there is totally different. But there's you know that threat is a big part of the thrill, and in overcoming it, it is a big part of the reward. So, and there's nothing in life. Like playing a Resident Evil game and running out of bullets. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you will never ever replicate that from you know, the old, very or near original PS2 days, where uh, yeah, you knew that you only had five shots left, and you were walking into a room where you'd need at least probably seven or eight. Well, and, uh, yeah. Good old days. I have to say that um, our, yeah, my best friend Rock, um, playing Resident Evil, he cranks out the knife and he'll shoot one bullet and then knife them while there are other zombies coming. So he's just the <laughs> king of ammo conservation. And uh, it's one of those things that hails back to survival horror, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think uh, that's a pretty good episode right there. Uh, I guess just in summary, the things we have learnt this episode is that <laughs> the Silent Hill HD collection is pretty cool. Yeah. Tim likes it, so I guess that means you should like it, or maybe not, because <laughs> usually things he likes, people don't like, or the other way around. There's a bit of that. <laughs> um, scary games. It might be scary to you, it might not be scary to me, vice versa, but they exist and they come in all shapes and sizes and sounds and wonderful things. They might be first person third person either way they're scary games and we love them yeah I, right. I think if you've never given one a go give it a shot it's a, a, a lot of games out there that you can try yeah and I think you know like, like with most game genres they all have something to offer everybody yeah. so worth, worth a look at yeah it's a bit of a dying breed at the moment and you know what the new Silent Hill games may not be the best representations of uh of the genre but you know what hey I haven't really spent that much time with them so give them a go and why don't you let us know what they're like yes leave a comment or an iTunes review something lovely for us tell us what your ultimate scary game is that'd be cool mm, that'd be interesting yeah we so want yeah, to hear go. from you <laughs> <laughs> well you probably didn't mention it <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's an episode. So thank you for joining me, Lucas and Tim. No worries. It's been great fun. And we'll see you next time. My pleasure to talk the years off of folks about weird games I've probably never heard of. (laughs) Again? That's that's what you're here for. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again, guys. Cheers. Cheers.